0: Just take off. I'd like you to uh, look at me, look look with me in your Bibles first of all. In uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter four. Now, each service we take is going to be some different material, new material. I won't have time. I may mention something that we've already said if it's valuable. uh, It's all valuable, but if it's critical. But we need to move through the material we have. And uh, we've talked this morning, began talking about deliverance and freedom. We found out that, that in those who believe in the name of Jesus, the first thing Jesus said we would do, not the fourth, not the second, is cast out demons. Yes, There's only one being called the devil. The Greek for that is di- diabolical or di- where we get our word di- diabolical It's diabolos and so, so forth. But there's millions of demons and then there's, and there's evil spirits in the earth, these demonic powers. And uh, then there are even some fallen angels and stuff, different principalities and powers. Now, listen to me carefully here. Even though these powers we wrestle with, we have dominion over them. And I haven't got time to go down that trail tonight. I'm on a focused trail here, so I've got to hurry up. But you just need to realize that we have complete and absolute dominion scripturally over the forces of darkness. Yes, There's no reason that you should ever feel like, oh, I, don't, I hope pastor doesn't talk about this too long because I get, I get afraid. Yeah. Well, no, we're not to be afraid of the devil. We're not taught to be afraid of him. We're, we're taught to reverence God not in a fearful way like he's out to get us because he's a merciful father but in honor to him and we're told to take our place of dominion and operate in it in the earth dealing with these demonic powers that try to come you know I did a study a few years ago on the people that are sick in the world different things some articles I and it said 80% of all the hospital beds in the world not just the United States but in the world 80% 80% of everybody that's in a hospital all over the planet, they're there for emotional or mental problems. That the, the symptoms in their body stem from internal problems, which goes back to what we just taught. For, we taught three lessons before we got into this called, they talking about, Wilt thou be made whole? And as we said then, you know, you could come get healed or something, but if you don't straighten out the inside of the person, sometimes those things come back and even come back with greater authority and greater force. So we need to understand that. We're talking about deliverance from demon power. I'm teaching this from two perspectives. Number one, if you need help, if you need help, you can come get in the uh, altar area when we're ministering at the end of each service. Sometimes we might have a word of knowledge about something then you should respond to that if that's you or if I'd give a general invitation, you just want to come and have hands laid on you because you know internally something's not right. You straighten it out with God before you get here and that'll make what I do much easier for you to receive and me to, re- me to release what I have to you. We're not we're not a Band-Aid group of people. I'm not just sticking some Band-Aid on you, Neosporin and a Band-Aid and hope that you recover. I'm dealing with spiritual forces and evil spirits and we read this morning i told you to pay attention to it i'm in ephesians but i told you to pay attention to this luke 10 the 70 returned with joy and they said lord even the demons are subject to us in thy name and that's for he resurrected how much more in this new covenant yes, and he said <clears throat> he said behold i give unto you power the real word is authority i give you authority the tread on serpents and scorpions denotes demonic issues Serpents and scorpions. And I give you power over all the power of the enemy. So serpents and scorpions are demonic powers that come from the devil. I give you authority over all that, and I give you power to deal with that over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. See, we we got a kind of a false... Mindset. Now, you know, if you're going to, again, if we're going to just play around with the world, play around in sin, not pay attention to what our pastor teaches, not pay attention to the Bible, then we can get in trouble. And the devil can kill you. He's done that to a lot of people. He is the killer. (laughs) Whatever form it comes in. he may speak to somebody to get drunk and they're going to be going down the road You know that you're going to be on but now if you're a covenant person and you understand from the scriptures what we've taught you about angelic protection a thousand will fall at one side ten thousand at my right hand but it will not come nigh me but you don't have to be concerned about that but probably that person will end up killing somebody on our highways and they could have been a good Christian but they didn't know what I'm teaching you I'm here listening, really listening to me. I'm trying to help you here. You know, we a couple of years ago, you know, they uh, these two guys held up a bank. I think it's in California, and I don't know how many policemen they shot up and cars and people they shot before they had some kind of AK-47s with with a, a bulletproof. Uh, bullet bullets that are specially made to permeate bulletproof vests and everything I mean they're just blowing a hole in everything they could and it was like an hour just a free for all until they got those guys and shot them and uh, <clears throat> but see now somebody could have got up that morning and that's their bank and they were supposed to have been there at 10 o'clock or whatever it was but God said just hold up stop by Starbucks and get you a coffee yeah. Or do something else, or don't you go this afternoon? See the Holy Ghost is trying to lead them. Yeah. Yeah. Right, See, there's evil in this world. I'm not. I'm not preaching. There's not evil. I mean, you don't have to have too much sense to realize that. Just watch the news. But you don't have to be involved in it, and it won't have any authority over you unless you let it. You have the right to. You have the right not to remain silent. You have the right to speak in faith. And have things change for you. You have the right in your covenant to be divinely protected. Divinely protected. See, we, we, we're, we're living, you know, let, let me read this. I wanted to say something to you here in Ephesians 4, verse 26 and 27. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, or your anger, we might call it. Neither give place to the devil. Listen, don't give place to the devil, and in particular, in the context here, this place would be given by anger. We could call it worry, if you like. Worry is just anger in a different form. We could call it fear if you wanted. We we just saw last week, wasn't it last week? They were trying to burn down London, burn down all the big cities in England. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And, and probably some of those people spearheaded that. Either terrorists or just people that are just so fed up with their government or fed up or mad about something. But then all these people got involved and just started, you know, burning everything setting fire to buildings and apartments and homes and businesses and and, and burning up cop cars and it was just an angry mob what, what would cause a normal person like your neighbor to just get out there and act like a fool see the devil see you can give place to him and he can take you further than you want to go trying to help you here maybe you're not thinking about burning anything up but let me read you some other translations see this is the thing I'm saying about this message verse 27 you're going to have to think about that all the time I'm not going to give place to the devil you wouldn't believe that people would be so silly and try to convince me how innocent they are I know you won't believe some of these stories I'm telling but uh, you know I'm not a liar I had a young man call me it's within the last two years and uh, I was in my car when he called and I took the call you know and he said this so and so and said I just want you to know my mom just found an x-rated movie under my bed I said well what were you doing with an x-rated movie under your bed you're not going to try to tell me it just floated in there are you but he, he proceeded to tell me something just about that outlandish he said well pastor I said pastor your pastor's taught you better than that yeah, and you're calling me pastor I let him have it he said well I was with my friends and we stopped by an adult theater and we all went in and, and now you're going to tell me that was your buddy's flick right yeah that's right I said you've got to be nuts you think I'm buying into this First of all, you're a believer, a spirit-filled, tongue-talking, demon-casting-out, lay-hands-on-the-sick believer you should have been. And you're with a bunch of hoodlums stopping at adult film places, and you went in and you purchased this. Why didn't you get out of the car and call your mommy? Why didn't you get out of the car and call for a taxi? Why didn't you get out of the car and walk home, big stuff? You're twenty-four years old, or whatever he is, twenty-six or twenty-two. Whatever, don't matter. Old enough to know better. And what do you want from me? Well, I need prayer. I said, well, you need to repent to God about this first. Have you done that? See, see, see. People, see, people don't want to be delivered they just want a band-aid they want to call me and I'm going to tell them well everything's right. God will forgive you you're a good boy well you're not being a good boy doing that and you're going to get possessed of the devil doing that (laughs) I said I'm just shocked but not shocked at the same time because people that are honest a few times I have honest people around me and they actually are honest but anyway he was I said you know don't play me for a sucker I'm not highly educated but I'm not stupid you purposely decided to do that and you could have stopped it and you didn't stop it I said you need to repent to God you need to repent to your mother you need to destroy that tape whatever it is or any of your paraphernalia if you got other stuff you're not telling me about and you need to get back in church and he's still not back (laughs) that was two years ago (laughs) you know people no, you're not, you're not that person I know. You, know. you know you're not. But what's to make you any different than that unless you pay attention? That's my point to you. See, neither give place to the devil. He started hanging around with wrong people a long time before that. Catch on to what I'm saying here. And he started hanging with people that are interested in girls and parties and drinking and drugs and immorality those guys didn't all of a sudden just get in the car one day and say hey guess where we're going he could see that coming he's not that ignorant and yet he's hanging with the wrong people listen listen, Pastor Nancy hit it she wrote in the foreword of my book on spiritual fathers when God wants to bless your life he sends somebody when the devil wants to destroy your life he sends somebody and you got to stay away from those somebodies you know, the Bible teaches that in First Corinthians say with me in Ephesians, first Corinthians five, when when the guy brought his fo- his uh, stepmother to church and was sleeping with her, and, and Paul went on to say, A little le- if you don't deal with this, a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. Yeah. In other words, this kind of behavior will spread through your whole church if you don't deal with it. So and, and, and then later in Galatians, he said, you know, who hindered you? You were running so well. Who, who, who hindered you? Brother Sean wrote about it in his book on, I don't know which book, but anyway, it's a good. he did a good job on it. Who's, who, who's, who's hindering you? There's a who in your life trying to seduce you into stuff you shouldn't do. you got to mark those people and get away from them. Well, he's going to change. Oh, come on now. Well, let him prove himself then if he's going to change. That's right. That's right. She's going to change. Well, you let her prove herself before you run off and get involved in her craziness and then end up possessed of the devil. Yeah. Neither give place to the devil. Listen, this is a strong word. I know. Hey, let me give you some other alternative translations. Do not give the devil an opportunity. Here's another one. Stop being angry before the end of the day. Do not give the devil a way to defeat you. Do not give the devil a way to defeat you. Here's another one right here. And do not give the devil a foothold. See, he's looking for a foothold. It says, for anger, one translation says, for anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. Here's one here. Do, don't use your anger as fuel for revenge, and don't stay angry, don't go to bed angry, don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. You got, listen, don't listen to what I'm saying here. Don't give him a place. If you don't give him a place, he won't have one. All right. Now, I wanted to talk to you tonight. I wanted to talk to you about some things about uh, some areas where the devil tries to uh, you know, come in and destroy things. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians here, chapter 2. And I want to talk to you about uh, mental and emotional things. It just seems to me like a lot of times, if we're not strongly renewed in our minds, what I mean by that, you're feeding on the Word constantly, you're speaking out the Word out of your mouth, and you're keeping the Word before you, your mind becomes a playground for the devil. Remember we read this morning, stay with me in Second Thessalonians, we read this morning... In 2 Corinthians 2 and 11, lest least Satan get an advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. Well, we just read one, anger is the device of the devil. You know, when I was a younger man, I had such a temper. Now, you may still think I do, but you have no idea what I'm talking about, believe me. I am not a mean person. I am not a mean-spirited person. I'm intense when I preach. That's just the way I am. You're not going to change me. I'm set in my spiritual ways. I'm intense about Jesus. I'm in love with the Holy Ghost. I love my Bible. And that's what's number one in my life. I do my best to live what I preach, and that's that's a challenge, but I do my best. But when I was younger, I was such an angry person. And I remember I threatened to kill somebody one time and I fully intended to carry it out and then God got in my life and this didn't happen the day I got saved but after about three years I came out of church one Sunday morning and I said to Diana my wife I said you know I'm so sorry I ever said that to that person and I asked God to forgive me today at church now I don't even know if the preacher is preaching on what I'm telling you but my wife looked at me like, man, you, something's happened to you. Because she knew how I felt about this person. Because this person pulled a weapon on me and threatened my life. And back then, you just didn't do that kind of stuff with me. I'm going to get you back. I'm going to hurt you bad. And when you don't expect it? Everybody, Pastor, I thought you were in love with she. Well, I wasn't then. <laughs> No, listen to me. You're going to have to let things go. This is my point to you. You may not. That was years ago. I mean, I repented over that forever. Came in full-time ministry, probably 1974, maybe 75. Right in there, I repented over that incident. In fact, one of the people, actually this was another person that I threatened his life. I was in a meeting one time. There was another preacher preaching. This was about 1970. Eight or nine could have been eighty. Even I was saved, spirit filled now. And this guy got up and preached a message about stuff like I'm talking about—not deliverance, but about anger and about revenge. And God dealt with me about this. This guy. I got back home. God said, "You're gonna have to call him and repent." <laughs> Gosh, this is a different person now. So I called this man, and I said, "This is so and so." And he said, "Hello." He was kind. Of, he was cordial. He. I said you remember that time and I started to go down that trail oh yeah I remember I said listen I am sorry I was insane back then but I was, I was wrong and I am so sorry that I said those words to you you know I'm in the ministry now he said yeah I heard you you were doing that I said I am so sorry and I want you to forgive me I need you to forgive me could you do that sure I'll do that he said my wife and I are having problems can I talk with you a minute I said yeah you can I do my best See see, we got to understand When we talk about the, the devil And not giving place to him You can get so frustrated over things of your past You're going to have to let that all go That's what I'm trying to get over to you here You know I know I sound intense saying this But that's the way it was back then But I'm not that same person I'm a new creature I'm not out to hurt anybody. I'm out to help everybody. Some people aren't going to be helped because they're stubborn, rebellious, and full of ego and full of pride, full of themselves, full of flesh. And they're going to go on and derail their life anyway, but I would help them if I could. But we got to understand that God wants us to be free not only uh, from physical problems in our body, but he wants us free from mental stuff that gets a hold of our mind and we start rehearsing things in our thinking about somebody or some incident or something and it just begins to have a mental effect on us that's not good and remember the scripture I just quoted 2 Corinthians 2 it says if I forgive anything I'm in Thessalonians I'm parked I'm coming back to it in a second Uh, we're going to have to be forgiving yeah but they don't deserve it it's not a question of what they deserve it's a question of what you're told to do (laughs) get over what they deserve (laughs) you don't want what you deserve trust me I don't want what I deserve so if you think you're all that in a bag of chips you're just not thinking right I want what Jesus is offering me and he's offering me everything if I won't give place to the devil and I won't serve the devil because it says in Deuteronomy if you turn and serve and worship other gods you'll be destroyed x-rated film under the bed or other stuff see I'm not trying to hurt people I'm trying to help them and we studied this morning it says in whom 2nd Corinthians 3 3 and 4 in whom it says if our gospel is hid if it's hid it's hid to those who are lost we always think that means somebody not saved but you go on and read he blinds the minds of them that believe not you could be a believer in Jesus as your savior not not believe him as your healer and you're going to be sick Because the devil's blinded their minds in that area. See? Or they could believe they're supposed to be poor because nobody's ever taught them they could prosper. Which is, all that's foolishness. You're supposed to be a complete person, totally whole, totally redeemed, totally rescued, totally delivered. Brand new creature in every concept and aspect of your being. But I'm talking tonight about how demons sometimes get in people's minds and they wreck havoc with them. I've been a pastor a long time. I've listened to a lot of people's situations. Sometimes I wished I hadn't of in some settings, but anyway, I tried to do my best to hear them out at least and understand what they needed to be helped. And uh, I'm telling you, the devil will work on your mind, work on your mind, work on your mind, work on your emotions until he just gets you to where you're a very strange person. Don't let that happen. Don't give him opportunity. see the devil tell you anything pastor don't like you that's not true i love you i may not like the way you're behaving if i know something about you i may not like something that's going on in your life like this young man i said well why didn't you come to me sooner and tell me you were struggling let me pray for you give you some information recommend a book make you accountable to me do something my god what are you doing and, and by the way, you don't come to church anymore either. I noticed you're not here. How in the world are you going to get help by not being under my ministry? Amen. Don't give place to the devil. I was preaching a long a while back. You know, I had, had a, it was a wonderful meeting. It was a Sunday morning. i never forget it. There was a young man here. He was a drug addict. And uh, it's been maybe four or five, six years now. I don't know the exact timing looking back, but anyway. He came forward and he got saved, prayed with me. I normally do not do this, but I, I, I personally called this person up on my cell phone at least three times and left messages and told him to call me. And I said, I know you're, you've been in an attic, and I want to help you if I can. Call me back this is my personal cell phone number and I I spoke it over the voicemail in case he had a phone that didn't automatically record that you know whatever and he never would call me see and then like two, three, four months later he just put a gun to his head and blown his head off he went to heaven I'm thankful he went to heaven but see God was endeavoring to try to help him but he wouldn't respond he wouldn't respond He didn't have to go that way. Oh, by my. Something got a hold of him. But we we did our best to try to encourage him and help him, you know. How many are really listening tonight? Okay. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind. Notice that. Don't be shook up in your mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Now, this is the point I wanted you to see. You could be shaken in your mind or you could be troubled. And there's three different things here listed that could trouble you or shake you up. A spirit... Or somebody saying something to you A word Or by something somebody wrote you How many are listening But here we're looking just at this one thing for a minute By a spirit Well we know that's not the Holy Spirit He's not trying to shake you And trouble you He's trying to guide you and lead you In in where? In the way you should go In the light In the light of God's Word in the light of His uh, in the light of His path for your life the Holy Ghost never leads you to shake you up and trouble you He's to help you get in the path that God has for you but this must mean then an evil spirit could come and start doing things and hurting you in your mind I remember one time and I've told this before you know I, I was just I'd just been saved a little while and I went, to put in, I went to put in an application. Well, I'm not even sure. I think I was saved in. I, I went to the cement plant. You've heard me tell that story and went in to put in an application. Should have took 10 minutes. And I sat down in that room. You know, they had a little baby desk to sit at and fill out your thing, yeah, like it's high school or something. And people came in, filled theirs out and left, came in, filled theirs out and left. I'm still there an hour later, and I'm starting to get frustrated because my mind is not working and I'm trying to figure out simple answers to these questions. Where do you live? What's your social security number? What's your address? Have you ever worked before and done this and list these things? Whatever. I don't know whatever it was. Simple stuff I should have known like that. And I'm struggling. And I never will forget when I left there that day I felt like such a strange human going back to my car in the parking lot. And... I just sat in the car and wept, and I said, "God, I don't know what's wrong with me. Am I ever going to be normal again?" And then the thought came: "Yeah, and you did it to yourself, Hot Rod, by doing too much drugs. You burnt your brain out." I thought, "Oh my God, you're right. See, the devil's working on me now. The devil's starting to work on me. You're always going to be mental. You're always going, to... but I'm not." I'm not. I, I went on to read my Bible, went on to Bible school and graduated, you know, and did good and went on studied all these years and got an earned doctorate a year or two back. And I'm not an idiot, and my mind works just fine. Thank you. But at that point in my time I was shooken. I was shaken up. I was troubled. I was disturbed sitting in that car. Thinking, oh my God, what have I done to myself? of course the devil jumped right in there with me yeah that's right you're just you're this and that. he told me all kinds of stuff you know they got fancy names for that you're bipolar you're bisexual you're manic depressive no you have just got a devil got when you determine to live for God you're going to have to live for him the rest of your life and be normal that's what I'm trying to tell you and just move on with it, God move on with God move on with God you're not all those things they label you you don't have to stay in that condition I don't care what it is God made you to be a normal complete whole peace in your mind joy in your heart human being that's a new creature in Christ Jesus and given you authority over all the works of the devil so that you could triumph in all things. And if you have any less than that, you may be working towards that. We're all working towards something, but I'm just saying that's God's ultimate goal for you. Let me take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. You still here? Good, I'm glad you're here. I'm here too. We're learning about how the enemy tries to affect people's minds I think one of the most damaging things that he does is he puts he begins to uh, uh, cause people to be fearful maybe not in every area but in some area and he will use that against you and if you yield to that fear in that area he'll put more on you and then 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 more on you talking about fear i 'm just a different kind of bird, I know. I got out of the military, you know I was a, you know I had a nervous breakdown, I was mental, and I was about half crazy, and of course, that was going to, you know their, their prognosis going to be on medication the rest of my life, and I came back home i 'd go to the doctor anytime I want and get medication, and that bothered me i didn't want to be on medication the rest of my life, especially for my brain and my head. At the time, I thought it was fun, but after a while, I got where I was. I, I was repulsed by that, thinking I was going to have to be on stuff the rest of my life. Just talking to you here. And by the way, I don't take any medication right now at all for anything, just so you know that. If you think, well, he took something and he's intense, no, I'm just right. <laughs> I love you and I hate the devil. Okay, that's the only person I hate: the devil. Pardon me. Well, I have had a Starbucks now and again here and there, but... Look here at uh, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 2 and 3. Paul says, and this is how I feel about you. I am zealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband and joined you to Jesus, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, I'm concerned least that by any means as the serpent who's that the devil beguiled Eve or we would say deceived her or was crafty with her through his subtlety so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ see there's a a simplicity if we just take a hold of the Bible I am not that complicated of a preacher you ought to be able to understand me pretty clearly. I mean, I am not, I could get more theological with you. I could give you, impress you with Hebrew root words and Greek words, but what's the point? I could take you through a historical whatever on something about Paul's journey, and you'd just be the same. You'd just know where he stopped and had lunch and went to the restroom. That's all you'd know. It wouldn't help you a bit. No, I'm a real practical type person. I've been educated in some of that, but I don't ever preach it because it doesn't ever help people. Go read a history book if you're interested in that. But I'm interested in getting you to where you're not, your minds aren't taken away from the simplicity that's in the Bible. Well, you know, I really think that I need to go to, uh, I really need to be well-rounded. I need to read a lot of books about things. You just need to read your Bible. If you want to read other books, read those second or third or fourth, but you read the Bible first. Yeah, but I'm a very busy person, Pastor Jacobs. You don't understand. Yeah, well, I understand you're not putting God first. That's what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, yeah. But now I know this group here, you're usually here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night. If I say I'm going to be here Friday, many of you'd show up. And thank you for that. But see, that shows that we're committed to Him first here's my point if the devil could beguile Eve Paul's writing us under the new covenant he says I'm concerned for you at least the devil get involved and start doing things saying things to you that causes your mind to be pulled away from the simplicity that's in Jesus Christ I got saved but I didn't know my Bible yet And my flesh and my unrenewed mind wanted to run the way I'd been running. How many understand that comment? And so I I had to do something. But now it was the furthest thing from my mind because I had never heard any teaching on deliverance that I could go to my pastor and he could cast the devil out of me and I could be free. That never entered my mind. I just thought I'll be, you know, a miserable saint with mental problems and physical addictions and really have to you know really have some lot of issues because I had a lot of issues back then I just told you a couple of them, my anger and all I really needed is somebody to point out that verse don't let the sun go down on your wrath and since you're so full of the anger and the devil Michael I'm going to cast that thing out of you come out of him and I could have got delivered in like that oh pastor it couldn't be that simple And I won't even charge you $6,000 like they will for surgery over there at the hospital. Praise God for all the stuff we have that can help us when we need it. MRIs, x-rays, you know, blood tests, urinalysis and everything else. Thank God for all of it. But there's just a simplicity when you're in Jesus if you'll listen to me. (laughs) He can heal anything. He can deliver anybody. He can make anybody whole that wants to be whole. You don't have to go through 16 steps in this realm, 14 steps in that realm, 12 steps in this realm, and 16 times at rehab. My heart goes out to people. Don't, I'm not making fun of people. Listen to me. You misunderstand me if you think I'm making fun, but I've watched some of those shows occasionally. Intervention I watched one of those recently, and I just sat. My wife would tell you, I sat on the couch and just wept. I said, "That was me 40 years ago." <laughs> but even my family and people who loved me couldn't talk me into getting saved. I had to give my life to Jesus. <sighs> my heart goes out to them because you know they, they read their letters, and there's his brother, and he's crying. The sister-in-law's slobbering. I mean, they're all just a mess. Because little Johnny's become a heroin addict and he sells everything from stuff he steals to his sister if he could get a hold of her. He's crazy. He needs deliverance. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We've got this thing so complicated. So complicated. It's a wonder anybody ever figures anything out. I just try to make it real simple. Isn't that right, Mr. Gehring? brother steve don't i try to make it simple don't don't i do brother jared and brandy yeah i'm just trying to help you I, i'm not trying to make fun but and then i watch dr drew i think that's his name i like him in some way some ways he's crazy too but anyway i have a right for my opinion you're going to talk on national tv i'm going to judge you you better believe it i'm going to critique what you say because that's my job he that spiritual judgeth all things. Yes, sir. Are you going to tell me this is the answer? Well, I'm going to judge you on that, big mouth. Go ahead and say it. I'm going to judge you according to this book if you know what you're talking about. Are you just blowing some hot air here? And I feel for all those people in the rehabs. You know, they're drug heads, they're alcoholics, been through six wives, 14 kids... Been been a millionaire four times over and now living on Skid Row. And all they had to do was just get saved and have a real pastor come to church regularly, tithe, listen to their man of God. If they if the man of God knows something and start getting better and they're down in the ditch down here, they can't even hardly stand up. They're just so be beset by everything. And they start coming to church and they get up on this level. And then in a little while, another year or two, they're up on this level. And then for the long they're up and then they're up here. And just and their life starts improving and their mind starts clearing up and their bodies start being healed. And their marriages get restored. My goodness I'm preaching good. The devil's out for your mind. Whatever tactic he uses, whether you're an academic head, you're just a real smart person. You just need to read your Bible and make it simple, dear. Sir, ma'am, make it simple. You're too complex for me, some of you. see they make it so complicated I was uh, I was interested in being involved in something maybe you know at some point still interested if God opens that door to talk to medical students about spiritual healing that comes from God because they do everything else over there from acupuncture to crystals to meditation to Zen to chanting to surgery to medical stuff (laughs) I'm not making fun just listen though so somebody that knew somebody called somebody in my behalf. This lady called me from U of L Medical Center, the hospital there. Wanted to know if I wanted to be on a panel. I said, "Well, what will that entail?" See, I wanted to speak to medical students. Well, the 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 professor, the head medical chancellor or whatever they call him, he will sit and give a lecture for an hour and a half, and you'll be seated on the side. You might be with a Mormon. You might be with a Christian scientist. You might be with a Catholic. You might be with, you know, anybody. And then if they bring up a question at the end, they might turn to you and give you a minute or maybe two to answer that along with these other people. I said, well, ma'am, I appreciate you calling me, but I don't think that's what I'm interested in doing. See, it's too complicated. <laughs> Hallelujah they're not interested in hearing from a preacher they just got it all figured out just talking to you here I'm not mad at anybody let's go to Acts chapter 10 you still here? this has been a good night for me I hope you don't feel I hope you feel that way see the devil see you got to understand guard your mind guard your mind guard your mind from being around the wrong people guard your mind from what you allow yourself to see guard yourself from what you allowed yourself to meditate on you start meditating and you know it's not the right stuff pull your your mind back in order take dominion, speak to those thoughts and say I cast you down in the name of Jesus that's not my thought that's not my thought cast that down in Jesus name See, you know, when I tell things like this, <clears throat> I'm not telling it because I think I'm smart. I just paid attention. <clears throat> My wife and I, Diane and I, we were at a certain denominational church back in Ohio. That's where we, we got saved. <clears throat> I got saved at a different church, but the same denomination. I w- I, gr- I w- grew up in a certain church in the same denomination. And so we went back to my home church when I got saved, Then I met her not long after, and she started going to church with me, Pastor Diane. And we went to church, but we noticed at that time in that church, which church six, seven hundred people, maybe more, uh, that they didn't have a lot of young people our age. We were in our early twenties, 21, 22, 23-ish, right around in there. So we went to the pastor, and we said, uh, "Pastor, Pastor Stevens, we... We don't have any people to fellowship with, but our parents. Now, we're not, we're not against our parents. We love them, but they're, you know, they're old. We're in our 20s. And he said, why don't you believe for some people like you that love God and that are young? I hadn't thought of that. You know, when you're young, you just don't think of stuff sometimes. And I said, we said, okay. So I started praying. Pastor and I started praying. Within eight weeks, God sent us about six or seven couples. And they were all turned on to God. Some of them ex addicts like me. Other people never been a drug addict. Some of them in in college then. Some of them in the military then. Different. Some of them very professional people, you know, in business. Different things. All different kinds of levels, social strata, and all that. Income, etc. I was a carpenter then, working as a carpenter's apprentice. But so <clears throat> we all got together and started having lunch and stuff after services and fellowshipping and. We thought, man, it'd be great if we'd get together and fellowship with each other. So we went to the pastor and we said, you know, would it be possible, I mean, with your permission, we wouldn't want to do it without your permission, pastor. Uh, could, could we maybe meet in one of our homes or move it around once a month or twice a month or whatever we think would work and just have some, a Bible study time, a prayer time, and some fellowship and maybe have something to eat? He said, sure. So we started doing that. Now, these people all loved God like we did. And they were turned on to God. And I remember a couple of those girls, younger. we were all young couples, a couple of those girls got pregnant. We prayed them through their pregnancy. One of the young guys had Hodgkin's disease, which I think is a form of cancer. And he, he was taking chemo then. And in and, and one of the Bible studies, he said, you know, I, last month I got sick and threw up 53 times in a day. And I said, well, Don... Now, I don't know where I said this from. I'm going somewhere with this story. Just hang on. I, I said, Don, I don't know. Where, uh, I, I said, t- what, do you have a schedule when you're going to take your chemo? I can get it. I said, you get that schedule and you give it to us. We're going to pray. And God's going to move in your life. I don't know why I mean to say that. I wasn't spirit-filled or nothing. I didn't know nothing about healing. And, and then I said, we're going to pray for you tonight before we leave. I don't know what came over me. It must have been the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And I walked over and laid hands on him in this living room and the, and the rest of us. You know, we never been, they didn't do that at our church. But we found it in the Bible. Yes. I found it in the Bible and read it out loud to the group. And they said, well, that's what it says. Lay hands on them. So we did that. And he gave us a list of all the times he was going to have chemo. He wasn't near through with it. He had a lot of other treatments to have. He never vomited one more time. He, they, they scanned him or whatever they did to figure something out. You don't know what kind of test they used and said... it's gone at the end of the chemo you know he was totally healed and everything. anyway so all of these people we were turned on to God you got to understand you know how we felt about God we were just learning things day in and day out we were so excited and one of our best friends I won't mention his name but him and his wife we were really really close and we really liked them we respected them they respected us we had great fellowship together but then we moved away to go to seminary and then later on and later on they came down to see me uh, me and Diana and, and the gentleman said to me in my living room I'll never forget it I live 1017 Baxter Avenue Louisville Kentucky sound like Brother Hagan in the living room of 1017 Baxter Avenue the lower apartment there was apartment over top of in the north corner Mr. So and So said to me you know you're not any fun anymore I said well what do you mean by that he said, you just want to talk about Jesus all the time. I said, well, yeah. What's wrong with that? I thought that you love Jesus too. Well, I do, but you're just a fanatic. I thought, well, well, I, I don't, I'm guilty, but I'm not going to apologize to you for it. He's the one that delivered us and got us where we're at. <clears throat> so about a year later, I went home. And uh, he wanted to go have pizza with me, talking about demons, how they affect your mind. I'm in Acts 10. I'm going to read a verse here in a minute. So we went to have pizza, and we're in this pizza place, and he's sitting across the table from me. Now, you understand he's married, he has two children now. He said, You know, I like the girl in the choir. I said, you, you do, what? What'd you just say? He said, I like the girl in the choir what do you mean you like the girl in the choir is that and i mentioned her name his wife said no that's not her that's you know my wife that's not her that's some other lady i said you're telling me you like some other lady at your church yeah i said you ain't right i said what we need to do is pay the bill go out to the car and i'm going to cast the devil out of you well i don't want the devil cast out of me i said you're in for trouble and I, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know, something came on me. It must have been the Holy Ghost because I wasn't used to, back then I wasn't used to talking to people like I do today. See, I, see because I was more flowery, oh, let's just love each other. Agape, baby. You, you remember the agape days? Does anybody remember charismatic movement, agape? Well, we can still have agape, but agape would confront stuff like that. And I said to him, I said, you are totally wrong, and you're going to tear your family up. Listen, if you don't let me pray for you, you need to call your pastor tonight and go see him tomorrow and tell him what you're thinking. He needs to cast the devil out of you. You're not right. I'm shocked that you would think like that. He said, well, I don't care. I said, brother, you're in for a uh, long road to hoe here. Well, he, he, he liked the girl in the choir. I don't know if she gave him the disease or not, but he ended up with the disease in his body, gave it to his wife. She ended up with the disease. It tore their family up, ruined their family, ruined their marriage. I was up there when I buried my dad, and she came to the funeral with her kids. Her kids are all messed up. I think their son just died recently because I called him about it from drug overdose and their daughter has cancer in her body now see you see you think some people think well it's nobody's business what I do it's everybody's business what you do especially God yeah. Yeah. You, you take that attitude and you just are flippant. it causes a lifetime of woe yeah. what, don't you think that he probably thinks sometimes in his mind look what I've done I've destroyed my children I've destroyed the woman that had my babies all because of my selfishness all because of my lust all because the devil got a hold of my mind I tried to warn him and I don't know if he talked to anybody else I know God tried to warn him before I ever got involved because I know how God is he'll deal with you about stuff like that I just pay attention same thing some things don't catch up with people at the end of the week but there's a string connecting things and eventually if that's not corrected there's all kinds of repercussions and God doesn't have anything to do with that it's the people that opened the door for the devil and then he got in there and started running roughshod over everybody you men that are men if you're really men you need to protect your families You need to have people be men of prayer and men of authority. You don't you don't need to be mean, but you need to be authoritative when it comes to the devil. We we're living in a fatherless society. Oh, there's male people around, but they're not men, in my opinion. They're wimps. We need to be men. That doesn't mean we're mean to everybody. We take care of the devil though and get him out off of people. Off our family. Thank you for, got a couple of amens, and that's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let's look at Acts 10, 38. I'm not going to get much further than that tonight. I guess I have to do this Tuesday night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Notice that. Somebody might be thinking, well, my husband won't be that kind of person. Then, lady, take it yourself and run with it you got authority. The Bible says if you're clean, your children will be clean. First Corinthians 7, 14 says that. You can check me later. But Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing. Notice that healing is good. Notice the anointing can do good. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So sickness and disease then must be oppression from the devil. How many are getting a hold of this? Hallelujah. I don't know where we went so long tonight. It just seemed like I've just opened my Bible a second ago. Glory be to God. Stand up with me, would you please? If you're here tonight and there's a... Uh, first of all we might do this that if you're here tonight you need to be born again you never ask Jesus into your life this is a place to start and I'd like you to come pray with me if you're here tonight anybody here tonight you need to be born again you want to ask Jesus into your heart this puts you into the family of God